right. And welcome back, everybody. This is the Dynasty Rewind, Season 1, Episode 2. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Here tonight, Garrett Price, Shevin Nooney. How are we doing today? Good. How you doing, bud? Good, good. Shevin, how are you? Oh, there he is. (laughs) So, glad to uh, be with you guys again tonight. I missed you. It's been a long week. Uh, Glad this week is over, though. It was kind of a hellacious week at work. So, let's get right into some news. Um, One that jumped out at me the most, Telvin Smith announced that he's going to sit out the 2019 season. Uh, Kind of a shocker to everybody, I feel. But he did post this on Instagram, and I'm quoting right off of his Instagram here. It was said to me from a great coach that in order for the man to be his best, he must get his world in order. At this time, I must take time away from this game and get my world in order. I must give this time back to myself, my family, and my health. I appreciate all the support I will and will not get. I ask you all respect my decision to not play football this season. I know the rumors of trade talk came about, but I started my career in Jacksonville, and the day I decided to call it quits, it will be right here in Duval. I love you all, and even in my time off, it's hashtag 10 toes down, you feel me, with three exclamation points, and then love with only one. Um, Huge shocker, glad I traded Telvin Smith last year. Yeah, that but, out. yeah, it did actually. Um, so, I don't know if you guys want me to take the lead on this. Garrett, do you have any thoughts? Shevin, do you have any thoughts? I I'm not sure. I don't know if you've looked into more like what the the exact reason is. I know he said he needs to get his house in order, but um, I haven't necessarily seen if if anyone knows exactly what that means. Are do do you know? I I don't know and. This one just really came out of left field, but this is, I feel, the time of year where you get stuff like that, yeah. where news just all of a sudden springs up out of nowhere. Um, the The Jaguars' defensive depth chart definitely takes a, sh- uh, a hit here. Um, mm-hmm. Behind Telvin Smith at weak side linebacker is Najee Good, who has spent time on three different teams. He's with Tampa Bay, Philadelphia, and Indianapolis. And they also have Quincy Williams, who was a third-round draft pick out of Murray State. Um, you know, Next to him is Miles Jack, and it looks like Josh Allen slides in as starter at strong side linebackers. So um, it's definitely going to be an interesting thing to see how it plays out. If he was going to get traded, I don't know if this is the right way to go about sitting out. I, I don't know what's going on. Um, but I'd say if you have Telvin Smith, now's the time to sell. Uh, moving on, the Seahawks have released Doug Baldwin and Cam Chancellor with failed physical designations. I uh, kind of figured Baldwin would just retire. I don't know if this is more of a monetary thing. What do you guys think about this move here by the Seahawks? I mean, Doug Baldwin's been one of the mainstays of fantasy football for a long time. He had a had a down season last year, but he he is what we knew to be the go-to guy for Russell Wilson for a long time. And so it's kind of sad to see it happen. It is part of the game. That kind of stuff does happen. But you hate to see see it happen to such a good player and such a good guy. But it does mean that there will be more opportunities in the Seattle receiving core. So obviously Tyler Lockett was already kind of locked in. But now we also are going to get a chance to see uh, what DK Metcalf is really made of. And then maybe somebody sneaky like uh, like Greg Jennings or, or more. So it'll be interesting to see how that, that receiving core plays out and if there's even enough passing volume to go around. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I don't mean, know. Yeah, uh, definitely 
going to think that Baldwin, what a great guy. Uh, he's one of the more underrated players, I think, in fantasy. I think he's a guy that can go out and just give you uh, wide receiver numbers or wide receiver one numbers every week, too. So definitely sad to see him go, but definitely see uh, DK stock going up big time right there. Well, this also, I guess, spells the official end of the Legion of Boom secondary. I think they're all gone now. Yep. Sherman, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, they're they're gone. It's Legion of Boom's over. So rest in peace, Legion of Boom. Um, saddest news note of the week, Derek Anderson has retired, breaking <laughs> everyone's heart. Wasn't he a one-time Brown? Garrett? He had the, in, in my lifetime, as a Cleveland Browns football fan, he had the greatest single season that I had ever seen up until Baker Mayfield this year. He uh, led the Browns to a 10-6 and six season, but in like typical Browns fashion, for whatever reason, that still wasn't good enough to make the playoffs that year, so that was great. Um, but yeah, they had a, he had a great season, and then he uh, turned back into a pumpkin. <laughs> and how many different starting quarterbacks have they had since then? We're not going to talk about that, Mike. Hey, have you ever seen the picture of the Browns fan that has the jersey with all the starting quarterbacks going down it? Every time I went to a Browns game, I walked right by it. It's in, uh, it's in one of the windows leading up to the stadium. I, I got to say, um, that is one of the coolest things that fans could do is give it right back to their own team. Yep. Um, so as we already knew, we're going to go to our resident Patriots expert on this one, Shevin, who I <laughs> – has oh, just percla- yeah you're now that guy uh we already knew that austin safari and jenkins was useless but now ben watson is unretiring for the team that drafted him in the first round previously so what do you think about ben watson coming out of retirement going back to the patriots and do you think this kind of squashes the kyle rudolph to new england patriots rumors i don't think that it's going to squash the kyle rudolph uh, uh trade talk that's been going on i think that's still going to be uh, big volume uh, key for them they can possibly make that trade but I'm still not convinced Gronk's gonna sit out the whole season I feel like if if Brady calls Gronk on the phone Gronk will be there in a matter of five minutes with a maybe even a couple beers in his hand you never know <laughs> so definitely look to I don't I just don't think Gronk's done I think he'll come later in the season but uh, Ben Watson coming in um, good for him I just don't see that being the answer to Gronk leaving I feel like this is a better football move than better fantasy football move. Being a savvy veteran, he who has been productive in his career, um, not a guy that's going to win you a championship, in my honest opinion. Uh, moving on from that, the Dolphins signed Xavier Howard to a five-year, seventy-six point five million dollar contract with forty-six million dollars guaranteed. Huge money for a safety. Uh, He is a one-time Pro Bowler, so if you have him in Dynasty, he's not going anywhere anytime soon. And one last defensive news of note or not note, Ziggy Ansah signs a one-year $5.5 million million deal with the Seahawks. Doesn't get my juices flowing at all. I think he's just a filling guy. They lost Frank Clark, so um, enjoy your one-year deal in Seattle, Ziggy Ansah. So moving on, let's go to a price check. Sorry, we don't have any sound effects yet, so I kind of have to make it. (laughs) All right, the price check for this week is Met Cole Harmon Jr. So I have been seeing him recently uh, in drafts. I saw a couple people post a picture of him going 1-4. 
I've seen a couple people talk about him in the 1-5, 1-6 range. And he is almost universally becoming a first-round pick now. Um, right now, according to Jared Wackerly's ADP data, he is averaging 11th, uh, being the 11th pick overall. Now, this is not to take anything away from Hardman. I don't think Hardman is a bad football player. However, I think we've fallen so in love with the landing spot that we have lost our minds as to what's actually going on here. Yes, the Chiefs traded up to get him. Yes, they like him. However, let's go back to T.Y. Hilton's rookie year. He had some ups and downs, but even if he was exactly, which I don't think he is, but even if he's exactly like Hill, he's not going to be worth it in your drafts this year. All right. He Tyreek Hill built on that first year, became more explosive, more explosive. But I do think that he will have value, but I think it's going to be more of the threat of the deep that they needed more so than we're actually going to target this guy deep because Hill also did a lot of things underneath. I think we forget about that sometimes. He was a converted running back. So there were a lot of yards after the catch. It wasn't just always the deep shot that Tyreek Hill caught over the top. It was some screens, some crossing routes over the middle, some of these different things. And so we've now gotten to the point where we are hyping Hardman up so much that we are literally willing to take him over guys like Debo Samuel, uh, A.J. Brown, Paris Campbell, T.J. Hawkinson. Like He is, in certain drafts, going above these guys that have been consensus mid-round picks uh, this whole time. So I just think we need to, to to cool the Jets a little bit on Hardman. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm not saying don't draft him. But if you're getting tempted above 112 to take him, you probably need to reconsider or trade back. Who are you going to take if you're faced with him or Terry McLaurin? Um, I have McLaurin higher right now. Um, okay. So I would probably still take McLaurin. But, I mean, at that same time, you still have Hakeem Butler as well. You still have uh, Arcega Whiteside. still have Andy Isabella. All guys that I would probably prefer over him. Okay. All right. And I think for me, Tyreek Hill, too, he also brought a lot to the special teams game as well. So yeah. I think that that definitely caught Andy Reid's eye. And I think that definitely put him in a better – they put him in a scheme where it was going to fit the uh, Tyreek Hill uh, – uh, best abilities too so I think if Hartman doesn't come in and he doesn't show that I don't think Andy Reid's gonna really kind of get his goat going about him really yeah I, I agree Andy Reid is a guy that could take a talent and do a lot with it unless it's in the NFL playoffs in which case he will just have Donovan McNabb throw the ball 70 times a game right into the other team's secondary so um Garrett <laughs> thank you for the price check is all we're talking about is me Cole Harmon today do you have anybody else you want to add Nope, I'm probably just going to do one every week. I, I could I could start ranting over, over players, so I'm probably just going to pick one every week, and that will be uh, my price check of the week. Well, I like when Garrett rants, but okay. <laughs> then uh, moving I, on. I'm sure I will find opportunities to rant about other stuff. Don't that, worry. Hey, that's okay. That's what we're here for. This is a platform for us to say what's on our mind. Um, so I do have a surprise. I don't know <laughs> if you follow Shevin on Twitter or not, but if you don't, you should. Shevin released his first rookie rankings this past week. So, Shevin, this is the surprise. So you get to kind of explain why you have, who you have, where you do. I'm just going to read it. He did 1 through 15. Um, We go Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, Nikhil Harry, Debo Samuel, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Paris Campbell, 
TJ Hawkinson, AJ Brown, Hakeem Butler, DK Metcalf, Noah Fant, Kelvin Harmon, Kyler Murray, and Hollywood Brown. So, Shevin, I think the one place you're going to have to defend yourself here is David Montgomery at number two. There's probably going to be a lot of people that are scratching their head. I see your logic there. You obviously know the Bears. You're a fan, so you can see uh, their strengths and their deficiencies, and you can see where David Montgomery fits in. So could you explain to us your thought process putting him at number two over a guy like uh, Miles Sanders or Nikhil Harry? Yeah, so, I mean, all those guys to me are really, really close. Uh, Just for me, David Montgomery is going to get a chance to go in there and possibly be a three-down back, at least most of the series in the game. So definitely see him getting a lot of the targets, uh, also in the uh, passing game too. Tariq Cohen's definitely going to hit that, uh, but I definitely can see Montgomery coming in and Nagy giving him the opportunity to kind of be that Kareem Hunt-like running back that he had uh, in Kansas City. Also, uh, Montgomery is a good blocker as well, so he can also stay there and third down if he needs to block as well. So. I definitely see uh, Montgomery's potential really being high. I think he's a guy that is a guy that can be on the field for the Bears this season and moving forward being a guy that could possibly be uh, top 15 uh, for most of his career. So I guess my next question on your list then too, um, you have DK Metcalf above Noah Fant. Now, I think, this is probably the one place that I disagree with you in your ranking. So I want you to explain that one to me. Is it just based on landing spot? Yeah, so I really like DK's landing spot. I mean, I, I, I made this before Doug Baldwin was gone. So uh, that kind of, it probably leaves him at the same spot just for me. Uh, but I, I just love the potential that DK Metcalf has. I think, I mean, we all know Seattle's going to run the ball 40 to 50 times a game, but... You can always have that one shot where DK's running down the field and he goes up for a big play and maybe gets a 70-yard touchdown and also uh, can be a big guy in the red zone for uh, Russell Wilson. So um, that's why I have him there most likely. So Okay, how about this one then? Um, and I see your logic behind all this, but there's going to be a lot of people that some people don't think before they react. So oh, yeah. um, you have TJ Hawkinson below... J.J. Arcega, Whiteside, and Paris Campbell. Again, landing spots here. I completely understand. Uh, Whiteside went to a good offense in Philadelphia. Paris Campbell, I think, is going to be awesome, even as a rookie. And Hawkinson is going to, I guess, what we could call a tight end purgatory, which it has been in the past. Different coach, different scheme, but still same quarterback. So is that what's factoring into your, your rankings here with Hawkinson being at number eight? Yeah, so honestly, last uh, last thought on Hawkinson that I have right now is just uh, listening to the nerd herd. So definitely got the the googly eyes for Hawkinson. So I definitely think he might move up on uh, my board. But just looking at it whenever I first put these out, I definitely just like the landing spot with Paris Campbell. He's going to get Andrew Luck. And he's also going to be able to help T.Y. Hilton there. So he's not going to be the main guy. Uh, he's going to be a guy that's going to have some help there. And he's also got, I believe, uh, Eric Ebron there as well. So, And then our Sega Whiteside, uh, definitely see him possibly replacing Alshon Jeffrey, uh, possibly by next season. I don't know if he'll have the amount of uh, stats this season to possibly surpass him, but I think uh, those two guys are going to be guys that you can be stables for your lineup uh, in the future. Okay. 
Um, other than that, the rest of your list, the way you broke it down, I mean, just I had these couple questions, and I'm sure other people might have paused. I didn't really see uh, too many of the comments or feedback on Twitter. There's so much to follow on there, so I'm sure other people were questioning it as well. Mm-hmm. But um, for the most part, well done. Everybody follow Shevin on Twitter. Great rankings. I want to see more of them. I want some updates as the, the preseason goes on. So now for my second surprise of the show, Garrett gets to defend himself. All right. Garrett, you have angered some friends of mine. You've <laughs> angered Jeremy Barker and Aaron Arms with yeah. your unrelenting man crush on Austin Hooper. He feels like the most replaceable person in the world, does he not? Shevin, doesn't he feel like if, if the Falcons could go out and they didn't have so much money wrapped up somewhere in other positions, they would just replace him? If they drafted Hawkinson, who would you guys pick over, Hawkinson or Hooper? I mean, if they drafted Hawkinson, that would obviously tell their hand as to how they feel about Hooper. Yeah. So I would I would take Hawkinson. But oh, of course. They, they haven't. Yeah, so. So, I mean, I, I honestly – I like Hooper there. There's definitely a lot of mouths to feed there. Uh, you got Freeman coming out of the backfield. You got uh, Ridley. You got Julio. I mean, definitely a lot of guys to feed, but that mean also that he's going to get some open space also too. So, I mean, I mean, I don't know exactly where he ranked at the end of the season last year, but I know uh, at some point he was uh, tearing it up a little bit too. So, Garrett, do you know exactly where he landed? Um, I think he ended up either – it was either tight end 9 or 10 last year. Um, so he was already a top 10 uh, tight end. So people, people want to constantly put him outside of the top 10, uh, which is a little, a little silly to me um, since he's already done it. Here, here's a couple things that I love about Austin Hooper. Past two seasons, he's played 32 games, so he has not missed a game. In the tight end landscape right now, that is very rare. Tight ends are constantly getting beat up, constantly missing time. He hasn't missed a single game uh, in the past two seasons. Uh, And he played 14 as a rookie. Now, I don't know if that was just 14 because he was a rookie and still trying to work his way onto the team um, or if he missed some time there. But either way, still, he's been the picture of health um, for at least the past two seasons. Uh, This past year had 71 receptions. In, In today's NFL... 71 is not bad for the tight end position. And we even saw him come on later on at the end of the season. And he's 24 years old. We're talking about like we're talking about this guy like he's an old washed up tight end. He's still growing. He's still developing. And so there's I feel like there's a lot to like. He has a good quarterback to be able to get him the ball. Um, I think he's going to only only insert himself into the lineup more often um, as far as getting more targets, being uh, having plays designed for him more often. And so to say right now that at the, you know, at tight end, I think most of the time I've taken him anywhere between tight end 10 and tight end 14. So if you're taking your tight end that late, one of the last tight ends off the board, uh, and, and you're going to tell me that you don't want a guy with that type of upside that could easily be hitting that, that stride where he could break out, then I think – I think you just you have a personal vendetta against Austin Hooper for some reason because to say that you don't want to at least take a chance on a guy at this point is is crazy to me. Okay, um, let's play some either or then. How's that sound? Sounds I'm good. S- you get to pick, and Shevin, I want you to chime in too. Okay. Uh, we're gonna start here. 
Austin Hooper or Ian Thomas? Austin Hooper. Although I love Ian Thomas as well. You had to take like my two favorite tight ends. Uh-huh. I'm definitely going to go with Austin Hooper as well. But, I mean, me and Gary have been talking about Ian Thomas for this basically this whole offseason, how much we love him. So we really it's have. Kind of, it's really tough. Okay. Um, Austin Hooper or Ricky Seals-Jones? Oh, easily Hooper. Easy Hooper, yeah. Even though – is it – where is Seals-Jones now? He's still in Arizona? Yeah, he's in Arizona. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't see that being too great. So, Hooper for sure. Okay. Austin Hooper or any tight end at Buffalo? Oh, Austin Hooper. <laughs> I, I just wanted to throw that one out. Oh, okay. Out. I was like, wait, is he serious? <laughs> oh, and hey, look at this. On the, uh, in the Nerd Herd Writer League, guess who owns Austin Hooper? Shevin, do you want to take one guess as to who owns him? Uh, Garrett? It is Garrett. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I put my uh, money where my mouth is, baby. I was, I was really hoping that uh, Mike took him just to Just to, just to spite me. It wouldn't surprise me. No, I did that with Alexander Madison. Yeah, um, I'm still mad. <laughs> Austin Hooper or Gerald Everett? Oh, Hooper. Okay. Yeah, Hooper for me. Austin Hooper or David Herndon? Hooper. Hooper. I, you mean Chris Herndon? Oh, is that what did I say? David. Well, who the hell's David Herndon? I have no idea. But that's but I'm taking I am taking him over David Herndon and Chris Herndon. <laughs> Both Herndons. I'm taking him over. Okay. In all fairness, he sounds like he could be a guy. Uh Austin Hooper or Mike Gesicki? Hooper. Hooper. Even though I think Gesicki's going to get uh more potential this season to do bigger things in the offense. All right, last one I have here. Austin Hooper or Dallas Goddard? Long term, I'm still taking Hooper. It's re- that's a really close one. That's the first one that would make me pause a little bit. And if you were asking me this question in 2020, then it it might flip. But for right now, knowing the production that he should get this year, and it's not Goddard's job yet, um, I'm I'm still taking him. But you didn't you didn't even ask the one that I posted on Twitter. Well, I do have one more, and I don't know if this is it. I, I my handwriting is terrible. Austin Hooper or O.J. Howard? Oh, there's the pause. That's really tough. That's really, really tough. I believe I'd have to go back and look at my rankings. I don't have them right in front of me right now. Um, I believe I have Howard one spot or two spots ahead of Hooper. Shevin? Yeah, I think I would have to. It's a really tough one, but I think I'd lean Howard. Uh, just because his upside and potential. But, I mean, both those guys, if I have one or two of those guys on my team, I'm still going to be excited. But, yeah, my, my hot take this week, and I think this is what stirred up a lot of it, is even as a Cleveland Browns fan, I would take Hooper over David Njunku. I would too. Oh, 100%. Actually, yeah. yeah. Well, most people in their rankings, they have Ninjoku in the top eight or nine, and then Hooper's kind of that, that next tier. And so um, as much as I love Ninjoku as a Cleveland Brown – the hype has gotten a little too high on him. So one of the things that we look at and that all dynasty players should look at is consistency. Okay. I'm going to read off weeks one through 17. Austin Howard's, I'm sorry, Austin Hooper's finished scoring 5.4, 21.6, 6.7, 8.10, 15.4, 7.7, 0, 5.6, and 11.7. So 
Mr. Hooper was kind of all over the place. Um, for me, I want a guy like uh, David or Chris Herndon, whoever, that he seemed to be a little more consistent. Let's find him here, Chris Herndon. Okay, yeah, see, look, he start off 0, 4, 1.9, 2.8. 13.6, 14 2, 8.6, 10.2. But he got rolling, and then his numbers from there on, except for one kind of clunker, week 14, 2.4, uh, and seven, week 17 at New England when they had no one, nothing to play for, was a 1.8. But um, I personally, long run, I would take Herndon over Hooper. I think um, personally, ooh, I'm ready to – you feel free to at me, at the Bauer 85 at this point, I like Sam Darnold better than Matt Ryan. Whoa. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's we're talking, a hot take. We're Are you ta- talking just for 2019 or are you talking dynasty? I, I'm talking dynasty. Okay, that makes it a little bit better. I still don't think I can go there, but it makes it no. a little better. Well, I, it, Matt Ryan seems to be an every-other-year guy. Um, I think Sam Darnold, I, just, I like the offense that he's in. Um, I like his arm talent. I think he's decently accurate. I, I just like Herndon, too. Um, so th- there's my hot take. You're welcome, everybody. Um, anything else to add on Austin Hooper? Are we done beating up on Garrett? Let me ask Garrett one. So Austin Hooper or Hunter Henry? Uh, uh, Hunter Henry is another guy I like a lot. Um, yeah. Hunter Henry is actually this, – this might also be a hot take. I don't know. Maybe I'm hot take tight end guy. I don't know. But uh, for me, it's the big three, and then it's Hunter Henry next. Yeah. So – I actually like Hunter Henry a lot. Literally every dynasty team I own, I have either one of these or a combination of these four guys. I have Hunter Henry, Austin Hooper, Ian Thomas, and Dallas Goddard on literally at least one of them on every team. So I'm going to take Austin Hooper there. And the reason why is oh. he actually – well, he actually plays. That's true. Consistency. So, but, right, even – Or even with though, health anyway. Well, right, even though his – Point spread might be a little erratic back and forth. You can start him every week knowing that he's going to do something, not be on injured reserve. So, and hey, best of luck to, you know, Hunter Henry. I hope you come back. I want to see him play. I want to see this upside that we've heard so much about come to fruition. So, um, is there any other? Oh, here we go. Austin Hooper or Will Disley or Disley, however you say it. Oh, Hooper. All day. Shevin? Yeah, I'm definitely going to go with Hooper. Austin Hooper or Irv Smith? Hooper. Hooper. Unless uh, they get a trade going for Minnesota, or Minnesota and the New England Patriots get a trade for Rudolph. It's basically, for me, what it comes down to is the big three, Hunter Henry, and then I have Evan Ingram and David Ninja, or sorry, Evan Ingram and O.J. Howard ahead of him. Mm-hmm. So I have those, what is that, six? Six, yeah. I have those six guys ahead of him, and then I have Hooper seven. So um, Austin Hooper is sending me a direct message on Twitter. He said, I heart Garrett. I don't know. It's just a big red heart there. So I mean, he said your royalty the feeling's che- mutual. Your royalty check is in the mail. I don't know what you guys got going on. <laughs> but uh, good things coming your way in Canton. So do you guys want to talk some – I'll tell you what, Shevin, I think you had a question or kind of an issue that you want some some help resolving. Shevin uh, took over an orphan team in a 16-team league. Is, is that correct? Or Yeah, 16-team. 
uh, IDP league. So it's it's actually really insane. You get a full defense and a full offense. So it's uh, really intimidating, honestly. But uh, being a first time IDP player, so it's really it's a crazy league to be in. So uh, you have some good guys on your team, and then you have. Which you did explain in the pre-show why you did what you did. You had to pick. Um, I think some of the best players that you have, you have Josh Allen, the Buffalo quarterback, mm-hmm. David Johnson. Uh, let's see. You got Juju. Uh, you got Roquan Smith. You got Tyler Lockett. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Could be a decent uh, – Justin Watson. I'm a big Justin Watson truther. Um, Demetrius Harris, if Njoku would get hurt, um, that would be a good one. Or you could sell him to Garrett because he's a Browns fan. You do have Ian Thomas. I, I missed him before. And Blake Martinez from the Packers I like a lot too. So Shevin was just kind of throwing it out there. You know, this is what you do in the fantasy football community. I, I've seen some people say on Twitter, why are you asking for advice? You, you give advice. Well, yeah, but hey, sometimes I need help fixing my own car and I'm a professional mechanic. That's just how it goes. You you bounce ideas off everybody else. I talk to Garrett about stuff. Um, Garrett goes up the food chain. He talks to Rich and Matt, though. He doesn't bother me with his problems. But, That's um, not true. <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. Um, so Shevin just kind of asked me, like, hey, what would you do? I would personally sell David Johnson just because I think you can get a good return on him. And this is Dynasty, correct? Yeah. Okay, so um, I think his window is closing. He's 26-27. With the new offense coming in, it's going to be high-powered. I think now is the right time to sell. Personally, Garrett, this is where I need your help. I'm not so good at trading. That's (laughs) definitely my weak point. I don't like doing it. I prefer to build through... Um, startup draft and rookie drafts and maybe make some waiver wire moves and minimal trades throughout the season and off season. So Garrett, what advice could you give to Shevin and anybody else in a situation like this? You know, what, what do you think you could get for David Johnson? Here's the one thing I'll say though. Garrett is actually in the league that I have these two people in. So it is true. It's definitely a tough scenario to kind of talk about, but I mean, I would sell him to somebody that you know really well in your league. And, like, you know, David Johnson's not worth a lot. So I would just, like, you know, sell him to him because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, six rounds seems fair. Uh, No, I I, uh, actually like David Johnson a lot. I think he is a really talented football player. He hasn't – he doesn't have the wear and tear that some other players do, partly because of time time miss because of injuries. Fluke injury with his hand. I'm not. I'm not too stressed out about that. Didn't get a crazy amount of carries in college, so he doesn't have as much uh, wear on those tires as other players his age would. So I think there's definitely some value there. The offense is going to be much more high octane. He could literally push for. I don't think he will succeed, but he could push for that goal of being, you know, a 1,000, 1,000 guy, which would be pretty crazy. So I think in this league. You need to at least, at least be getting two first-round picks for David Johnson. I think selling anything short of that is not going to do much for your team because your team is not a team. You you took over an orphan. It's you, you got dealt a bad hand. Um, 
And so he's not going to help your team um, once your team gets to the point where you're a, c- a competitor mm-hmm. again. So I'm, be, I'm holding out for at least two first-round picks, maybe more. Yeah. What about if he were to talk to somebody and for the sake of – just the season and trying to be competitive your first year in the league. What if Shevin wanted to get two maybe mid-tier running backs and a second-round pick for David Johnson just to kind of round out his roster a little bit? Do you think that would be give me a fair give me deal? example of some guys that you would be willing like that you'd be talking about? I feel like if you wanted to move David Johnson, you could probably get and this is just a thought a guy like Marlon Mack who I feel like not a lot of people are super high on. And I think a lot of that has to do with his rookie season wasn't anything great. Frank Gore was there, and he missed time last year. Maybe Marlon Mack plus, I don't know, maybe adding another guy a little bit lesser than Marlon Mack in there, do you Mm -hmm. think? And then maybe, like I said, a second-round pick where you could take, if it's your rookie draft this year, there's going to be some outstanding wide receivers, even though he does have a pretty good wide receiver core, or he could go running back upside uh, with a guy like um, Alexander Madison, if you're so inclined. There's a lot of good IDP prospects out there that he could take. So, I mean, I, I definitely like a guy like Marlon Mack. Um, that situation has gotten a lot better, but it's still he, it's still not safe enough for me to give up a guy that's that high caliber. So if you wanted to talk similar range, but maybe a tad bit more safety in what we assume his role will be, if you wanted to give me Darius Geis plus, you know, a lower end, you know, RB and a a high end second round pick in 2020, I'd be willing to talk about that. Okay. So, and and, you know, this all goes back to what people's values are because right now I, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to take Marlon Mack over Darius Geis all day. Geis is coming off that knee surgery. They say he's progressing slower. They did just draft Bryce Love. They have Adrian Peterson there. And it looks like Marlon Mack is the guy in Indy for now. But, you know, there is always that quote I mean, do you really think Adrian Peterson is a long-term threat or Bryce Love is a long-term threat? I mean, Bryce Love is coming back from uh, a season-ending injury himself, and AP's like 80. No, but for the sake of taking over uh, an orphan and trying to be competitive off the bat, not just tanking for a bunch of 2021st or second-round picks. See, I think I would tank. I think I would be all in full tank mode. So I And I've done this on a couple of teams um, where, you know, if I don't think I have the, the squad to win it this year, I have no issue blowing it up, trading for a bunch of picks, a bunch of young upside players. So I'm... I'm all I'm all on board the Joel Embiid train. You just got to trust the process. Trust that process. And uh, make it happen. You as a Philly guy can appreciate that, I'm sure. I, I do appreciate that. Um, so I'll tell you what. You know, it sounds like Shevin's going to be in a similar boat to a lot of people. This upcoming, you got a bad team. Not his fault. He took over an orphan. But there's a lot of people out there that do have a bad team, and it is their fault. So... I have a question for you guys. What do, that word I write it down now, Arian Foster and Philip Lindsay have in common? Arian Foster and Philip Lindsay, they were both undrafted uh, rookie running backs. Exactly. And they were pretty productive. Nailed weren't it. They? 
Yeah, see, look at that. So we're going to take a time, some time, and look at some undrafted rookie free agents. So let's start with Shevin. Um, you can pick whoever you want, whatever team you want. Who do you got for us? All right, so kind of glad to go first. Uh, first one I'm going to go with is James Williams. He landed with the Chiefs and an undrafted free agent. I uh, love that he has great hands. Uh, he's going to be a big PPR guy if he ever gets a chance uh, to be in that offense. Uh, just in 2018 at Washington State, he had 560 rushing yards, 12 touchdowns, and then he had 83 receptions, 613 yards, and four touchdowns. So it definitely has great hands, as you can tell. Um, not the biggest guy, uh, but he's a guy that can be a little gadget guy that can make uh, great receptions and uh, get up the field. And also, I just love that the spot that he landed in, uh, it's not the best situation just because of how many uh, running backs they have there. But if he uh, is able to get the chance, I know they use their running backs in uh, different uh, varieties. So he's a guy that's going to be able to catch it out of the backfield from uh, one of the better quarterbacks in our league. So definitely super excited for him to get that opportunity. And like, again, I, me and Garrett talked about this guy in the offseason as well. We didn't talk too much, but I showed my love for him. So Nice. I love that landing spot because, like you said, there is a lot of running backs there, but there's not one real standout there. So, yeah. you know, who's the guy? We nobody knows. I mean, it's it's gonna be a toss up. It it someone. It could be Carlos Hyde for all we know. I mean, who knows with the way Andy Reid likes to use running backs? Um, let's see, Garrett. Who is a guy that nobody's ever heard of that you are now in love with that you're gonna tell us all about? That nobody's ever heard of? Well, oh man. So- that that little to no people have heard of. How's that sound? Okay. Uh, you know what? Let's go with Bruce Anderson. Um, Bruce Anderson was an undrafted free agent running back that is going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, right now, he's a guy that I'm loving targeting late in drafts. Not because I think this guy is the second coming of Arian Foster or Philip Lindsay, and I think he's the greatest player in the world, but when you look at a lot of these undrafted free agent guys, often, not always, but often it's more about opportunity than it is their overall talent. And if there's a place that there is opportunity, it's Tampa Bay. Ronald Jones really, really struggled last year. Um, Tampa Bay saying all the right things, and they, they gave him a big vote of confidence by not actually drafting a running back. But if he scuffles again, and we all know that Peyton Barber is fine, but he's, he's a jag. At the end of the day, there is absolutely an opportunity for Bruce Anderson to take that job. So if I'm in the fifth round of my rookie draft, late fourth round of my rookie draft, and I'm just – because most of the time in this draft I'm purely looking for upside, he is a great upside play that if it doesn't work out, eh, cut him. He was a fifth-round pick. But if he does something, then you found a real diamond in the rough. I like it. So um, we had talked before the show um, – some people talked about cutting defense and special teams, kickers, and tight ends. Remember I talked to you guys about that? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. My quote-unquote yeah. hot take on that is if you're talking about cutting any of those positions, you just don't know how to play fantasy football. You don't know how to draft. You don't know how to scout. You don't know how to set lineups. Um, you never want to cut positions just because that position is in a down time. Um, just stick with it. Just maybe, um, I don't know, try harder. So – we're going to go with somebody that Shevin is going to fall in love with, John Barron II. He is from Florida, and he is a kicker for the Chicago Bears. Oh, fire me up, baby. <laughs> yes. 
So um, he has a career 98.5 extra point percentage and a career 83.3 field goal percentage. So as you know, um, most people or most kickers when they come out of college, they didn't have the best collegiate kicking percentages. But um, this is a guy who they need help. Um, He's going to be cheap. So they need to kind of move their money elsewhere. So you are not going to have to draft him. But just remember that name. He's going to be kicking. If he wins a starting job for a very high-powered offense, he's going to have an opportunity to give you a lot of points. So I bet you guys did not see a kicker coming at all, did you? I didn't. I didn't see it coming. Well, Fantasy World, you're welcome. So, Shevin, you're back up. I just want to say one thing, too. As long as it's not Blewett in Chicago – because I cannot stand the Twitter beef that I would have to have with people if they start ragging on them. I'd be Bro, so pissed. every week. Every week. <laughs> but I just want to also say that I'm not saying these guys are going to be the top talent that you need to draft early in your draft either. These are kind of the lottery guys that we're throwing at you guys as well. Uh, so my next guy that I have is Preston Williams. Uh, he's, he's at Miami Dolphins. Uh, he's a guy that got in trouble a little bit. He had a little uh, domestic violence issue. Uh, that happened in college and also a couple of failed drug tests so it kind of I believe he didn't get to go to the combine because of these issues Uh, so he's a a guy that had 96 receptions 1,345 yards and 14 touchdowns last season he's a big time player that can really make some big plays Uh, he's a guy that can go up and get the ball and high point it Uh, he has an amazing opportunity in Miami to go kind of be one of the guys there if he it stays committed and he has good character. Uh, really hoping that he kind of stays away from the character issues that he has. I never want a guy to be uh, kicked out of the league for that issue. I mean, it's a tough way to lose your dream. Uh, but like I said, he's a big, tall, lengthy guy with some long arms and long legs. He's a guy that can be a, a good red zone fr- threat for them also. So really excited to see uh, what he can do in this offseason. Well, the good thing is if you get kicked out of the league, I will challenge you to a fight, as that appears to be my norm. But um, <laughs> also, Shevin, Shevin brings up a really great point, and I feel stupid for not having thought to say it before. Um, we're not telling you to draft these guys in the first round, but you're going to have, if you made a lot of trades and you have a ton of fourth or fifth or sixth round picks, however late you go, these are guys that, or even waiver wire additions that you could pick up late and stash, and who knows, if, if these guys make one spot start for you and you win that week and you eventually win the championship, it has all been worth it. So, Garrett, who do you have for us next? So this was a guy that I was really high on um, during the draft process. And, he, you know, you have certain guys that you fall in love with and you get validated in the draft. You know, Wait, JJ's, Garrett, is what? it Stanley Morgan Jr.? It is Stanley Morgan I Jr. I knew it. That I had him on my list, and I'm like, I'm going to let Garrett take him. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, you're good. <laughs> I mean, you you know, ruined the buildup now, but it's whatever. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I was really excited. <laughs> In all fairness, my wife says I ruin everything, too. <laughs> well, yes, it's Stanley Morgan Jr. He was, uh, he was a guy that... Um, I loved during the process and, you know, I was validated when, you know, our Sega Whiteside got taken in the second round, Alexander Madison got taken in the third round. You know, I thought I was pretty hot stuff. And then the third guy of the three that I really kind of pounded the table for was Stanley Morgan Jr. And he went undrafted. Um, so I was really disappointed to see, um, see that nobody ended up taking a shot on him. However, I still 
going back, go back and watch his tape. He was in a terrible offense in Nebraska. He set the record for um, receiving yards in his, what would it be? I think it, I can't remember if it was a sophomore or junior. I can't remember if he came out as a junior or senior. But either way, um, in his second to last season, he, he set the, the record for uh, receiving yards, which was only like 990-something. Then he broke his own record the following year uh, with getting over 1,000 yards receiving. I know those numbers don't seem like a lot, but the passing game in Nebraska is not good. Uh, and he made some acrobatic catches. Uh, he ran really good routes, very physical for a guy his size. Saw him leaping over dudes. I mean, he just looked like one of those guys that wanted to make plays and was not going to be brought down without a fight. And those are the type of players I love to have. So I think he could end up uh, in a sneaky good role here in Cincinnati. Even though they have A.J. Green, he is um, getting toward the end of his career. Tyler Boyd really um, emerged last year. But that's really it as far as established roles on this team. And so I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up coming in, being their fourth or fifth receiver this year and working his way up. And all of a sudden in two or three years, Stanley Morgan Jr. is is a, is a relevant fantasy football player. So this is also a good um, time to say that a lot of people in dynasties specifically, they put too much emphasis on draft capital. Um people might draft in their leagues Andy Isabella over Hakeem Butler, or they might completely disregard a guy like Stanley Morgan just because he wasn't drafted. But um, talent scheme always wins out. So uh, Also, I did pull up his stats here. Um, 2017 was his record-setting year. In 11 games, he had 61 catches for 986 yards, which was good for a 16.2 average and 10 touchdowns. He topped that in 2018 when he played 12 games, 70 catches, 1,004 yards, 14.3 average, and seven touchdowns. So, um, like you did say, the stats aren't much, but for an anemic passing offense, that is pretty darn good. And then Um, I just want to add on, uh, talking about A.J. Green, I wrote an article about him a while back, and I talked about his injuries that he's had. So, over the last three seasons, he's missed six zero and seven games and two of the last three seasons he missed the whole fantasy playoffs so i mean stanley morgan jr if he can stay healthy and if aj green continues that trend i mean he could be a guy that could possibly help you in uh, in the next couple seasons in a fantasy championship maybe so that's a good point you never know yeah Uh, thank you That, that is a good point um I guess that would be me next. I'm going to do a homer pick here. Uh, but the Eagles, for whatever reason, when I sent the list out to these guys, it didn't have the Eagles undrafted free agents on it. I think they just announced it today. Um, so I, I skimmed through it, and the one that stood out to me was TJ Edwards, who is a linebacker from Wisconsin. Uh, sticking with my IDP theme here, that's kind of what I focus on more for Dynasty Nerds now. Uh, f- he looks like a four-year starter, but... We're talking 215 solo tackles in the Big Ten. Um, his senior year, he had 11 and a half tackles for loss, three sacks, and he had three picks. Now, this is a guy that could come in and push for playing time right away. Jordan Hicks is gone. They have Nigel Bradham and really yeah, not too much else. They have a lot of nobodies, so uh, I, I like him a lot. He's 6'1", 242 pounds, so 
should probably put on a little bit more muscle mass before he could be a starting linebacker in the NFL. But again, in IDP leagues, waiver wire, fifth round, TJ Edwards, have at it. So, Shevin, back to you. Yeah, so I only have one more guy on my list, uh, but it's Anthony Johnson from Tampa Bay. Uh, his junior year, he had 76 receptions, uh, 1,356 yards, and 14 touchdowns. And his senior year, he had 57 receptions, 1,011 yards, and 11 touchdowns. And I want to say he's from Buffalo. I believe so. Uh, but he has great hands. He catches the ball away from his body. He makes contested catches look really easy. Uh, he's a big athletic wide receiver that can make plays in the red zone. Um, he obviously didn't play against the best talent as he played at Buffalo, but uh, he's a guy that I would definitely pay attention to. He's slow off the ball a little bit, but I mean, he's a guy that I would definitely be keeping my eye on in maybe the later rounds. Nice. Uh, Garrett, what do you got next for us? Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, it's, it's interesting, uh, I didn't intentionally do this, but when I thought about it, I, I'm apparently going with two Nebraska guys. Uh, but I'm going to go with Divino Zigbo. He was another one that um, I think a lot of people expected that he would get drafted, uh, specifically more in the fifth round range, sixth round range. Um, ended up falling through the cracks, but he got picked up by uh, the New Orleans Saints. And I honestly think that he is probably just a, a very similar version of Latavius Murray, and I think he has the potential to be better. The dude is, is a 230-pound kid at six feet tall. So he's a big bruising running back. And he was a guy that he didn't even have much of a role on this team up until his senior year. And in the off season, they were like, he was, he went up to the coaches and was like, Hey, what do I need to do to, to, to get more playing time to be the man on this team? And they're like, we need to see that you want it. We need to see you work. And so in the off season, he ended up winning an award, uh, like his team's award for the biggest commitment to the weight room in the off season. And all this different stuff, and, and midway through the season, he went from somewhat of a complimentary back to the lead back, and he ran away with that job, and he looked really, really good, and so he's a player that I think has the talent and the ability to be part of a committee and be that, that grinder, that guy that can can push the pile, uh, but he was surprisingly fast, too. I, I can't remember his, his uh, pro day 40, because he didn't get invited to the combine either, but his pro day 40, I believe, was like a four five something four five nine or something like that i'd have to go back and look uh to confirm that but it was surprisingly good for a guy his size and so he's a guy that i'm keeping an eye on especially if i have latavius murray um there have been times where you know murray's been been banged up or different things like that so i would definitely be interested in maybe stashing him if i have a real deep bench you know 30 roster spots or something like that okay um, I actually have two more. I know, Shevin, you said that, that you didn't have any more on your list. Garrett, how many more do you have? Because I could just bang these out real quick. I have one more that I can do, but I don't I don't need to do it. All right. Um, I just have two that were kind of intriguing to me. Um, one, the first one is uh, Jalen Smith from Louisville. I don't know if I said Jalen or Jaylene. I don't, I don't know. Sorry if I said your name wrong. Um, he is a wide receiver. He does have the Louisville connection with um, – why am I blanking on the Baltimore? Lamar Jackson, sorry. Um, he's 6'4", 223. In 2017, Lamar Jackson's last year there, 10 games, 60 catches, 980 yards, and seven touchdowns. So I think um, this could be just a, a comfort thing, possibly, and could maybe bring Lamar Jackson along as a passer. Um, 
I like the size. Uh, I'll just hammer out this last one here. Uh, Alex Barnes was picked up by the Tennessee Titans out of Kansas State. 6'1", 225. Had a pretty good career. Um, 35 games, 458 attempts, 2,616 yards, and 25 touchdowns. Um, with a backfield like Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis, who knows, maybe he has a shot. Derrick Henry just... I know they, they went to him later in the year, but I'm not sold on him personally. He's a guy that maybe you stash for a little bit. So, Garrett, who is your last player before we move on then? I'll just touch on him real quick because I know where we're going, starting to go long. But um, Karan Higdon, he uh, out of Michigan, which makes it hard for me to bring him up. But uh, once again, another running back with a great opportunity. He is in Houston right now, and we know Lamar Miller at some point um, – is probably not going to be the guy, although every year we keep saying that and he keeps coming back. So uh, it's hard to say for sure, but at some point he's going he's gonna to leave that job. And as much as I love Dante Foreman, he, uh, he, hasn't, he hasn't been healthy. And so it's one of those situations where we, we saw it happen before with Steve Slayton as the starting back, and then all of a sudden Arian Foster came in and stole the job. And I, I'm not saying he's Arian Foster, but I wouldn't be shocked if – he ended up getting some touches and did a little bit with him. Speaking of Lamar Miller, um, to all the people that I play fantasy with, um, stop trying to trade me, Lamar Miller. I don't want him. You're not <laughs> getting on Johnson or Alvin Kamara for Lamar Miller and a third-round pick. Um, that being said, I think it's in the the Nerd Writer League. I did draft him. I, I know it's a league that you and I are in together, Garrett, yep. but – I was looking for kind of a mid-level starter, and it was later in the draft. And I figure at this point, you know, he's a, a safe pick to at least be productive for a little bit. Maybe I pluck somebody off the waiver wire later on. Um, speaking of which, if you haven't joined the Nerd Herd, you should do that. Um, lots of exclusive rankings, and you will get to see me do some IDP rankings on there. Uh, Garrett, I believe you're going to do some rankings on there as well. Yeah, I do rookie rankings, uh, super flex rankings, and PPR rankings. Okay, well, you will be buying Rich a cup of coffee. Uh, I know Matt and Gary get water, and I don't get anything because I'm in a different state. Same with Shevin, (laughs) but um, it's definitely worth it. The site is awesome, so check that out. Uh, I'll tell you what, too, that podcast, if you didn't pay for it, you you definitely missed out. That was a great podcast to listen to, so... If you guys are listening to ours, definitely check out the Nerd Herd, and it's definitely worth your money. I mean, you could you could spare a coffee. I mean, that's it, guys. Seriously, that's the difference between you winning your championship and you possibly missing that opportunity. So, you listen to them, then you come here, and you're set. You're good to go. Cause who else? Seriously, who else is doing a segment on undrafted free agents? Do you guys know of any podcasts doing that? Uh, not that I'm aware of. I so haven't we're seen too many. Yeah. We're, we're pioneers. I bet the fantasy footballers aren't doing that. And get uh, Shevin, you're out in Arizona, right? They're out there too, aren't they? Yeah, they're out in Arizona. I really, They really do a bunch of good stuff out here. I actually saw, can't remember which one it was, but I saw them at a Little League football game, a little flag football game. And, uh, man, it was, it was actually pretty neat to see the, the one Shevin, of the icons out there. They're, they're our enemies now. You're supposed to go talk down to them that i know i'm in arizona though so they might kill me you never know man. <laughs> all right yeah no we're, we're I mean, not his like name that is the hitman yeah so, seriously this, careful, this yeah. is true yeah like and the that, hitman right so. <laughs> we're, we're not enemies in the fantasy community just 
Um, I'm just having a little fun. Sorry about that. So um, don't kill us. No, now, I would. One guy that might be left for dead. What do you guys think about Elijah Holyfield? He went to Carolina Panthers. I watched his film a little bit, and it's not as bad as I thought it would be, just on what the he showed at the combine. But I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be a stud, but is he some guy that you guys would be watching? You know, a great great point. I actually have him on my list here. Unfortunately, I have arrows drawn everywhere, so one arrow crossed his name out. Um, <laughs> but he's five eleven, two hundred fifteen pounds. Uh, 27 games played, 215 carries, 1,340 yards for 6.2 average with nine touchdowns. Here's where I'm surprised he went to Carolina. On his career, seven catches for 63 yards and no touchdowns. So if you could find, or if they were trying to find the exact opposite to Christian McCaffrey, they pretty much did it. But um, he's got a shot. Uh, C.J. Anderson was there to start the year last year, if I'm correct, and then he went to Oakland and then um, Los Angeles. Am I Garrett? Am I right on that? Yep. Okay. Um, so they need a backup. Is or is is Fozzie Whitaker still a thing? Uh, I don't know. I know they also signed Jordan Scarlett from Florida. Um, so that's another guy that I think will be part. Of, I think he went to Carolina, right? Now I'm second-guessing myself. I'm pretty sure Scarlett went there, but I could be wrong. I don't see him on here, but then again, this uh, this list is a couple days old. I haven't had a chance to update it. So. Huh, where did Scarlett host, go? I might be a liar. Some, some host I am. But um, I, he's definitely got a shot, and with the volume that McCaffrey got or last year and looks to getting in this year, I mean, I know he looks like a superhero with the – you guys see those workout pictures that he posted or the, the picture of him with the sleeveless shirt? I thought he was going to be in the Avengers. I thought he was going to be fighting Thanos for a good sake. <laughs> yeah. Sake. Good Lord. I mean, wow. But um, For I mean, the still, record, I was right. He is in Carolina as well. Right, so your host needs to update his um, his sheet a little more often. No, your, your sheet's fine. I was just, you know, I just like an opportunity to tell people that I might sound like I don't know what's going on. And it might be true sometimes, but sometimes it's not true. Now, Garrett does know what's going on probably about 99.9% of the time. And he's a great follow on Twitter, too. Unless you're uh, drafting Tyler Lockett, and then I have no clue that that happens. What's wrong with Tyler Lockett? No, I remember last week. Shevin drafted Tyler Lockett in our uh, rewind draft, <laughs> and I completely forgot. Oh, yeah, that's right. See, come on, that was a week ago. That's I'm right. sorry. It was a long time. You. I'm going to have to re-listen to that. But um, uh, just briefly touching on Elijah Holyfield again, great point, Shevin. Um, I think he could be – I mean, he's definitely a different dynamic to the Carolina offense and Christian McCaffrey. So it would be interesting to see if McCaffrey would have to miss a game or two, You know, obviously if he would be the guy and how that would go. But um, his film actually isn't too bad, even though he ran really slow at the combine. But, man, can he knock people on their butts. So – Definitely could be an exciting thing. Um, so keeping it going here, we do have some listener questions. Uh, okay, sorry, just get my phone out. This one is from Stephen Warbington, at Stephen Warbing one Oh, my dude. Yeah. Love that guy. Uh, in a half PPR setting, what would be your favorite slash greatest team of all time? IDP optional. So Garrett, he's your guy going to you. 
Okay, so read read the question again. I want to make so sure I'm understanding it correctly. It is a little confusing. It is a little confusing. Yeah. In a half PPR setting, what would be your favorite slash greatest team of all time? Okay. IDP optional. All right, so of all time. So I'm going to assume I get to put together my greatest team of all time. That's what I think. That, okay. That's what it sounds like to me. Okay. Wow. That's a good question. Um, half point PPR. Greatest team of all time. I mean, at running back, it would be tough not to go with. So there's there's three guys that come to mind. One would be Barry Sanders. Uh, he was dominant during his career. Um, another one that comes to mind is Ladanian Tomlinson, and then Adrian Peterson was was a monster for his career. So um, give me either one of those two three backs. Um, if I could chime in just briefly, um, yeah. I love Ladanian Tomlinson, but um, my one one of all time running backs, I'm going Marshall Falk. You know what? Falk is not a bad pick either. He he crossed my mind as well. He crossed my mind as well, so I'd have no issue that there. So you can have him. I'll take I'll take LT and uh, and and AP. So everyone that's listening, I'm not just the host. I do know somewhat of what I'm talking about. Um, Chevin, do you have any other running backs that you could chime in with too? Being a Bears guy, I just think of two guys that were PPR monsters. Uh, Walter Payton come to mind. He's an amazing back. And also Matt Forte, he was a big guy that could get 100 receptions a season. So definitely love those two guys going there too. So, You know, speaking of Bears backs, um, I had Thomas Jones for a spell between both um, the Bears and the Jets. And I love that when he made that move, he was still productive for a couple years after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, just – throwing it out there but anyway garrett please proceed yeah i'm probably going with megatron uh at receiver along with the second receiver's tough i mean rice is a good answer randy moss is a good answer um what about a guy like andre johnson andre johnson would be a good answer michael irvin would be a good answer um give me the go i'll do rice and, and megatron at receiver and then at tight end it's got to be Gronk I don't think there's really another good option I think it has to be Gronk and then at quarterback the the half PPR setting doesn't really matter Um, and so when you're talking about regular season stats I think at this point you got to go with Peyton Manning so I'm gonna go with Manning at quarterback okay Shevin what are your thoughts on some of these guys or do you have anyone else to add I mean, I would definitely love to have all these guys on my fantasy team. That's the that's the goal to build your team the best as possible. But I definitely love the the picks that Garrett has. Um, what about a guy like uh, we, we're talking about tight end? And I'm trying to bring stats up, but now all of a sudden my computer's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Give me one second here. I just want to do a little a little comparison, and I know this is going back. What about Shannon Sharp? At, at tight end? At tight end, yeah. I mean, we had Yeah, a, he was a good tight end. I we mean, had a bunch of years of uh, big numbers, three times over 1,000 yards, and um, the year prior to his first 1,000-yard season, he was five yards short. I just don't know that anything compares to early Gronk. I mean, he just had – I mean, in his second season, he had 17 touchdowns. Oof. I mean, that's you had, just 
That's how do you know that? Do you have his stats right in front of you, or I, you just know that? I just knew that off the top of my head. I'm looking it up now. Um, you but, are right, though. He does have. He did have 17. Yeah, I, I think part of that was because I was talking with somebody uh, when he was retiring this year, and we were talking about how good he was, and I remember looking that up. So it, it wasn't something that I just totally knew, uh, but I did remember that from when we were looking it up. But, I mean, some of the numbers that he just put up were absurd. Uh, over 1,300 yards in that same season, had back-to-back seasons in 14 of 15 where he was over 1,100 yards, had double-digit touchdowns both those seasons. Um yeah, it's just hard. It'd be hard to pass Gronk up. I know that there were a little bit of uh, injury problems there at times, but, man, that dude was dominant. Well, I could pass Gronk up if it's Dynasty for this next guy, Tony Gonzalez. He was consistent. Um, That's what I'm that. saying. I but, mean, we're, but I want we're the upside. talking consistency. I want the upside. Well, you don't want 111 career receiving touchdowns? I mean, that's great, but you have to remember, too, that – Longevity of career doesn't necessarily make them a good fantasy player. Frank Gore has been around forever, but he has not been startable these past five, six seasons outside of, you know, maybe you're running back three. Oh, no, there's a kid in our league that starts Frank Gore every chance he has. <laughs> has, <laughs> so, he, has he won the league? <laughs> I think he's won four games in three seasons. Okay. So, that no, he's right. not. <laughs> All right. That sounds well, about right. Well, you know, here's another thing. Tony Gonzalez has 14 career rushing yards, and Gronkowski only has two. That's a good point. But it was for a touchdown, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, I mean, Tony Gonzalez is, is is a great alternative, too. He had, so especially if it was PPR, he had a lot of really uh, high-volume seasons, so. I'd have no problem saying Tony Gonzalez. I'm still taking Gronk, but I'd have no problem saying him. Well, personally for me, I'm going to go Gonzalez at tight end. Uh, quarterback, I would agree with you on Manning, although I always was a big Brett Favre truther as well. Sure. Um, and we'll just uh, we'll leave IDP out of it because you could – I mean, we could debate that all night if we wanted to. Um, I did have one last – hopefully that helped, by the way. I did have one last listener question, and it's actually from a friend of mine. I have to find it on my phone. Sorry, it's back in my text. You guys could talk amongst yourselves if you want for a second. <laughs> Shevin, did you have a couple guys that, that you wanted to talk about? Like, is, is Peyton Manning the shoe-in quarterback? Yeah, I think Peyton Manning's definitely up there. I mean, the guy threw seven touchdowns in one game. I mean, that's Oh, that week one performance. I remember that. That was so beautiful. And also at tight end, I mean – even Jason Witten. So he had in a role from 2007 to 2010, he had 96 receptions, 1,145 yards, 81 receptions, 952 yards, 94 for 1,030, 94, 1,002, 79, 942, and then this year, 2012, 110 for 1,039. I mean, that's just a – if you had him for that little stretch, I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, especially PPR. Ooh. All right, so I did find the next question. Um, it is a trade question. And this is from a friend of mine who is in my home league. So he was offered a trade where he would receive Rashad Penny and two 2021 first-round picks. Now, one of the first-round picks is from a guy who is consistently good who won the championship last year. That's going to be a late first-round pick. 
And the other first round pick is from the guy offering the trade who's consistently terrible. So that's going to be a high first round pick, potentially first overall. But to get those three things, he would send Derrick Henry and Kenyon Drake. So he wants to know if he should do the trade. Now, that being said, he would receive Rashad Penny, give Derrick Henry and Kenyon Drake. He also has on his team Saquon Barkley and Melvin Gordon, and he does have Devontae Adams as a receiver. This is a guy that would be receiving the trade who is a consistently competitive team. Um, He did miss the playoffs the first year in the league, but he had just a slew of injuries that obviously you can't help. So I would say um, the only thing I'll say is, you know, being in the league, it's one that I am co-commissioner of. It would benefit both teams, but he wants to see what you guys think. To me, that is a that is a smash accept. Mm -hmm. I don't think either one of like the upside is there for both Derrick Henry and Kenyon Drake. Don't 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 hear what I'm not saying. Both of those guys could be high-end RB2s, low-end RB1s if everything uh, falls the right way, uh, if their offense gets going the way that they could. But here's the thing. Neither one, even though both of them have flashed, neither one have shown anything consistently. And if this guy already has Melvin Gordon and Saquon Barkley, he doesn't really need either one of those two guys on a weekly basis. So I'll take Rashad Penny, who is also a guy that has some upside at running back. Not quite their upside just yet. Um, but down the road, absolutely. And then you give me two 2021st to do that. I'm I'm doing that deal all day. Well, they're actually 2021 first. I'm sorry. Oh, 2021 first. But one of them is going to be a very high pick, and it could be the first overall. Um, I should also point out that this is a 10-team league, um, one quarterback, not super flex, obviously, and it is uh, not tight end premium, half point PPR. Definitely threw a kick. I thought it was 2022. I was like, oh, my goodness. Give me that all day. But 2021, even if he doesn't, there's still going to be possible 20 carries for both running backs. You never know. And then just getting the 2021 first as well. I think that's going to be that's going to be big time. We're, I have no idea if it'll pan out, but definitely there's a lot of upside in getting those picks too. Oh, man, I'm I'm struggling with this one. It's it's a it's a much more fair trade now. Yeah. Um, I would say. If he thinks he has a team overall, and if he has Barkley, Gordon, and Devontae Adams, I don't know what the rest of his team looks like, but that's at least a a good core to start with. If he thinks he can win the ship this year, I'm probably not doing it. However, if he still thinks he's a couple pieces away, I'm I'm probably doing that deal. So I think it would be more team-dependent then. Okay, let me... um... Let me bring up his team here, and and here it's not he saying is. he can't trade those twenty twenty one first two for another player though too. So I mean, that's a good point. You know, well, he definitely has the trade capital, and he could flop or flip those picks too. But looking to twenty twenty one, I'm I'm not even there yet. I'm still stuck in twenty nineteen. 
that that is true. And the rest of his team, he does have Aaron Rodgers, uh, Melvin Gordon, Barkley, who we we mentioned. He has Odell Beckham, Devontae Adams, Jordan Reed, Amari Cooper, Derrick Henry for now. Uh, and then we got some IDP guys, and on the bench he has Austin Eckler. Uh, he also has Justin Jackson, and you know the bench isn't anything overly great, but some decent depth. So, you know, looking at his roster here, um, he could definitely. What I would do if if I was him and I took that trade, I would try to flip one of those picks and maybe get a better tight end. That's what I was going to say. He does have Gasecki on the taxi <laughs> squad. So. I would probably take one of those picks. Jazeki and maybe even a little something else. And I would be trying to get into that Hunter Henry, Evan Ingram range. Well, Hunter Henry is on his injured reserve. I just saw that as well. Oh, oh my wow. This dude has a good team. So he does, and he does his homework. Um, he's the quiet guy in the league. He doesn't make a whole lot of moves. He drafts really well. Um, not a lot of waiver acquisitions and not a whole lot of trading but he is a consistently competitive team. Um, he's not one of those guys that's going to trade himself out of competition trying to get better, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think he has the team to win it. If I'm making a deal, if I'm hit, what did you say his quarterback situation was again? He has Aaron Rodgers as a starter yeah. right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I have no issue with anything on his team. I mean, he's, he's pretty loaded. So I would probably sit pat at that point because I think that's a team that could win it. And I want to make sure that I have depth behind um, Gordon, especially especially Gordon, because he's been a little injury prone, and Saquon Barkley in case something happens. Well, Garrett, there's a problem, because the guy that won the league last year is a trade whore. And his <laughs> starting lineup is Patrick Mahomes, Christian McCaffrey, Le'Veon Bell, Juju Smith-Schuster, Michael Thomas, Travis Kelsey, Dalvin Cook, Mike Evans, uh, Darius Leonard at his starting linebacker, and then on his bench, he has Jameis Winston, Darius Geis. Uh, he has, uh, da, da, there's, that's junk, that's junk, Evan Ingram, Von Miller, Alex Ogletree, Trey Flowers, uh, nobody on IR to speak of, and nobody on Taxi Squad to speak of for the most part. So, yeah, well, he pesters you until you trade with him. Well, so, it worked. That team's good. Yeah, I know. Uh, and he's trying to get Carrion Johnson off me for, and I quote, depth. So, um, yeah. So that that is what you have to, you know, go up against. So, if you want to win, you got to go through that guy. Unfortunately, so, you know, um, maybe make the move, maybe don't. And so I, in, in that instance, do you possibly go for the twenty twenty one first if you don't think you have a chance to win it? I mean. I still think this dude has a shot at it, especially you make it into the playoffs, anything can happen. I've seen exactly teams yeah, that are true. guaranteed to win it. Like, Chevin, we talked about your team before. You have okay, a great okay. team. Okay, okay, that's enough. That's <laughs> enough. I'm still recovering. <laughs> Golly. Now we talk about it. Well, hey, uh, in that same league, in our first league, I'm sorry, in our first season, I had the highest scoring team in the whole league, and I finished third. So, you know, anything could happen. And if I would have won in the semis, I would have beaten either team that played the next week in the finals because I just had a higher score. They had lower scores. So, could have, would have, should have. But I am also the commissioner of that league. And if I would have won the first year, I would still be hearing cries of collusion. You know how that goes. (laughs) 
So uh, that was it for listener questions, all two of them. Thank you, everybody, who gave us your questions. Um, we're going to rewind it now, uh, throw it back, some NFL facts. Sometimes we like to do on this day, but not a whole lot happens in May that we could find. So, Shevin, what do you have for us? Yeah, so just sticking for uh, undrafted guys. So uh, Philip Lindsay is the first undrafted rookie to make the Pro Bowl in his rookie season. And I just, I just thought that was an incredible stat and then just a, a big piece in history just for him being the first guy. I'm sure there's a number of guys that could possibly be on that list, uh, but they didn't get it done their rookie season. So big ups to Philip Lindsay. Uh, that's a that's a big accomplishment for him. See, and that's cool too because he grew up in Denver, so yeah. he doesn't get drafted by anybody. And I'm sure there's a lot of teams kicking themselves for not drafting him now, but then to you know, go play for the team that I'm assuming he grew up watching and do that is amazing. Um, the fact that I have for you guys today, I'm really rewinding it here to the year 1960. The Eagles win the NFL championship in Philadelphia. They beat Vince Lombardi. The only time Vince Lombardi ever lost in the playoffs was that game. So not a lot of people know that, but um, that was the one where Chuck Bednarik sat on Jim Taylor to run the clock out. <laughs> so um, that's it for the rewind for this week. Does anybody have anything else they'd like to add? No. Garrett, do you have something to lead us out with? I do. All right, so for our Dynasty Rewind verse of the week, uh, we are in, let me see. We are in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, and it says this, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. And so we have opportunities to glorify ourselves, lift ourselves up, and the things that we do, our accomplishments, our successes, uh, we can easily point to us. Uh, but whatever we do, we're called to work to give God the glory for it and not ourselves. It's beautiful. Garrett, thank you for sharing that with us. Garrett, Shevin, thanks for hanging out with me tonight. I had a great time with you guys. You know, this is the one thing that I look forward to every week, just sitting down, talking with you two. I look forward to it so much. Everybody that listened, thank you very much. Make sure you follow Garrett. Where can they follow you at? Dynasty Price. And Shevin, where can they follow you? It's going to be Shevin Nooney, so C-H-E-V-I-N-N-O-O-N-E. No underscores? No underscores. Good, because some... Some people really hate that. So <laughs> you could follow me at the M Bauer eight five. Um, sometimes I tweet about fantasy football. Sometimes I tweet about people leaving the basement lights on. You never know what you're going to get from me. So <laughs> till next week, everybody. Thanks. We'll see you then.